Awesome date, May 2nd, 2011. Awesome topic, MTech goes to 11. This is the Awesome Cast. Folks, and it's the Awesome Cast, kind of, sort of. It's Awesome Cast rendition. It's Awesome Ren Cast edition, Kabara. That's right, because nobody demanded it. We insisted. <laughs> this is our triple part extravaganza of all things Metal Tennessee Anime Convention, uh, 2011, which is, I think, is this also the eleventh con? Yes. 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 This well, MTAC eleven, or goes to eleven, 11. as they like to have it. And for this first session, we are um, with the wonderful gentlemen, or dudes, depending on how you think about it. Gentle dudes. Uh, gentle dudes. I'm wearing a skirt. <laughs> These uh, fine gentlemen. Copper renditions. <laughs> are, uh, you can tell because of the professional quality we bring to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. We do nothing but enhance every podcast we're on. <laughs> Our frequent con collaborators. So, I'm Basil. And you are? I'm Drew. I'm Richard. I'm Kevin. I'm James. No, he's Mark. He's a liar. And I'm Brad. Gee, guys, we're the lilies in this thread. (laughs) Only not anymore. Our last episode that we released, Brad was moving to Texas. Yeah, news. For his job. And then he got a full tall script to Auburn. So now he's moving back. He's back in Alabama. So, Arama, sweet and the Kennedy brothers man. are also in the room. Hey, Rock, it's me, Teddy, the youngest. And uh, me, Bobby, wait a minute. <laughs> With our podcast cast of thousands. And there's the youngest, youngest brother, Barry Kennedy, taking photos. Of Barry, what we cannot say. Your light is offensive to my scotch dripping eyes. That didn't make any sense. This is our Moving best podcast on. ever. Forget it. We're going joyriding on the Chappaquiddick Bridge. <laughs> Be sure to put that secretary in the back seat. And by the back seat, I mean the trunk. All right, so. so we're here to talk about MTAC. Um, specifically uh, in this part to talk about what we've been doing at MTAC. Because we've been spending most of our convention presenting things. Because we did a lot of panels. A lot of panels. I've been well, I did one panel, I but did one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think too. Now, guys, we can't record audio hugging, so I can't make you hug it out. Can't you? They'll just take have to take our word on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have it done off camera. Anyways, um, do you need my panel to mark? That was my panel to begin with. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Kids, I'll turn this podcast right around. <laughs> and we could do that. Because it's a movable mic. Anyways, <laughs> it would just be really hard to listen to since all our works would be away from the microphone. So we did panels. Um, they all went really well. 
Yes. Like every single one of them, I think we more or less packed every every one we did. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we've had one that wasn't a full crowd. Right. Yes. And a, um, a hot crowd, actually. People yeah. People are very excited. Mm-hmm. No well, matter the topic. I've been yeah. very impressed. And um, at least, uh, well, maybe that should be saved for stuff that are about panels that we didn't do. But yes, but our panels were good. I've, <laughs> I've seen an exceptional response from the crowd, even when we spouted total crap. Which boy, may have been often. <laughs> Not saying that, but it could have been possible. I'm not saying I was making up whole, ch- whole chunks of the Go to Guy panel off the top of my head, but uh, it might have happened. Yeah, well, I know I researched every single thing. Of course, you know, you use the base of Wikipedia. Who knows how right it actually is? But by gum, I researched it. And Drew and I came up with our own half-brained theories for an entire panel. <laughs> it's true. With it's no true. base in reality other than our own experiences. But we were able to uh, defend our dissertation and uh, got past it without being lynched. Yeah, exactly. Minimal booing. And uh, we talked about uh, Awful Robots with um, research provided by Dave Merrill. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Awful Robots was awful, but great. <laughs> So I guess chronologically, the first one is actually the English Jamboree. Yes. Um, by myself and Drew. Yep. There was a line. There was a, there was a line. There was a big line. There's been a line for every panel we've done. The only line, one that I didn't line was actually my uh, groove panel because there was no panel before it. They ended uh, that panel, there was a 30-minute yeah, buffer. But it was about yeah. half full of people waiting for us to get there. Yes, and then, okay. by, and then once I started about two minutes in, it then filled up. Oh, well, that's, that's a very good problem to have. Yeah. And so, it was pretty much we showed English clips. Yes. Um, guys talk about uh, reading off Star Wars scripts in Japanese, mm. uh, old anime. 70s yep. and 80s anime openings. Well, uh, lots of Fists of the North Star. Uh, the opening of Toriko, which is wonderfully Englishy, to keep that Shonen Jump spirit alive. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Sakigake Otoko Juku, those couple clips that we always show. Yeah, I love those clips. Yeah. yeah. I think those are the two clips we could show that'll never get old. Probably, yes. I think if we repeat two clips for every show at Infinite... It's going to be those. It'll be those. Thankfully, there's tons of Morning Busa made to choose from, so we can keep showing those, and <laughs> yes. they won't get boring. Yes. But that's pretty much it. But yeah, a lot of people really liked it. That was the first time when someone went, Man, this is the first good panel I've been to yet. Which I don't, I don't know, maybe that was actually also their first panel they went to. That's not hard when it's at 7 a.m. on Friday. <laughs> oh! When were we? When it was like uh, one. Two. 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 So two. there were a few panels already. Sure. A few. But not me. I think the con officially started at 10. Yeah. 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 So they had time for three panels. Yeah. And they don't usually schedule the good ones. No. First thing in the morning. No. But that was a good start. Good crowd. A lot of people willing to listen to you guys show them crazy clips of mm-hmm. crazy attempts at English. Yeah. Yes. It's true. And then the next panel, actually chronologically, would be the tea panel that Doug yes. did. Doug! Who is being very quiet. Who's uh, oh, am I supposed to? If you'd like to talk yeah, about you your want panel. To say anything about the tea panel. Because we're covering now just the panels that we've done. Not like you've never mm-hmm. been on this thing before. This is a panel okay. all about Mr. T. <laughs> Yeah, it was all about Mr. T. And now he had got time for your jibber jabber. Yeah, that's right. Throw a fool. Hella far. Can't get on no play, Hannibal. And no uh, way, no how. He's tired of Murdoch's jibber jabber. And him with sugar's actually okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's good with sugar. Well, actually, it was about said, drink your milk, kids. It was about tea and about tea drinking. I briefly touched on the history of tea and. Uh, and I talked more this time about how tea is actually made and the differences between the different varieties for people who didn't know. 
Um, we're talking I, about leaf juice, right? Yeah, we're talking yeah. about dirty leaf water. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you ran, when it was run last year, it was more about the history, and I found it very informative. But I found it more informative this year because it was more about the making. Yeah, um, and hopefully next year I'll do it again, and I'll do it about something different. Maybe next year I'll finally actually talk about the details of the tea ceremony instead of just running through it instead real quick. forgetting you said you are going to do it till the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> instead of forgetting I was going to do it. Maybe I'll make it the focus of next year. But anyway, it was pretty good. The room was filled. Um, they did put me in a smaller room than I was in last year, but at the same time, they put me in a uh, they put me in a better time slot than I was in last year. You were really early last year. I was year. the second. I was the second panel of the convention last year. Um, so a lot of people probably weren't actually doing panels, but it was in a better spot, um, and I liked it. And I think most of the people had a real good time in my panels. Oh, yeah. There was one guy that, like, kept trying to show me up. And I kept trying to be like, dude, it's not a competition. We're sharing we're sharing tea information. Dude, Come up here and... his tea dick is way bigger than yours. I know. I get so pissed off about everybody's dick is bigger than mine. But it's so ill-prepared, so it's okay. Well, sometimes you just it gotta... probably doesn't taste very good. <laughs> oh, but... Are we still talking about tea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tea bagging. Yeah, there's a <laughs> that involves the balls. Um, that involves the balls. She can lip bag. It's cool. Well, well, somebody did ask a very good question about what kind of tea bags are best used, so we're still relevant here. The kind with holes in them. Did you start giggling? Kind <laughs> <laughs> of tea bags best used? <laughs> the ones on Xbox Live, obviously. <laughs> I prefer the classic Counter Strike tea bag strategy. <laughs> No, it, it was very fun, and I had a lot of fun running it. Foxy Duck. And I'm going to have to probably run more panels next year, because they gave me guff about giving me my press back. Yeah, the thing with the three my hours badge. of three hours of programming. What? Did you pee in their butt when they gave you guff? No. Do it next time. Pee in their butt. Solves everything. <laughs> okay, but that was that was my key panel. And then, I guess, what was the next panel, Basil? Uh, I think it was D-List. Yes. Life Super, on the Mecha D-List. Super Robot D-List. Yep. Uh, Richard and I did this panel. Um, we first premiered this panel at AWA last uh, September with Dave Merrill, um, but unfortunately because uh, Dave lives in the YYZ, he couldn't make it down to uh, Nashville, so Richard and I uh, compiled some notes that we uh, obtained from him, yeah. got some clips together, mm -hmm. uh, and then posted a, an hour of fun of uh, really terrible shitty robots. Dave yeah. Merrill was there in spirit, if not in the body. YYZ? Yes. At least it's not the YUC. Yeah. But, uh, it was fun, and I finally learned for sure that Gen Geyser is the Boku no Pico of Mecha shows. Um, no. Well, Boku no Pico has watchability in class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Boku no Pico of Mecha shows is when we commissioned uh, artwork for Drew of yes. uh, Gunbuster raping Ava Unit 1 in the butt. Yep. <laughs> yes. But, um, and I yeah, could contribute to that. <laughs> the shows range from the, um, the mediocre and the dull to the exceedingly painful to watch. Right, right. Looking at you, J9. Looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if, if they made it in Super Robot Wars at least once. <laughs> They've all been in Super Robot Wars, except for Game Guys. <laughs> that doesn't count. They'll put anything in. So that's pretty much the deal. It was a lot yeah. of fun to watch. I think next up would have been... Hacking. You guys hacked... Yeah, you hacked yeah. before yeah, Gunna Guy. We hacked so. before Gunna Guy. We hacked the Gibson. And they were hacks, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is a panel that Mark and I did at MTAC last year, and we also ran it at AWA uh, 
in back in September. Um, this is a, a factor fiction sort of look at uh, computer security topics and uh, portrayals of hacking in Japanese animation. Take a few series, throw some clips up, and then go through some te technical rationalities or declare something to be absolute garbage and bullshit. The humor of how silly it is versus how oddly at random moments they get it completely right. Exactly. And then we take random questions from the audience that range from asinine questions of uh, derp derp, how do I press any key, to hey, if you were to hack this, hey, we don't hack. If you were to hack this, we don't hack. Hey, have you ever hacked something? We don't hack. Stop asking us. <laughs> well, we're not going to tell you. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's it. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. I liked it. Well, I didn't catch it this year, but I caught it last year, and I liked that panel. It's good fun. It seemed mostly some of the, well, at least when I walked in at the end, it seemed to like a lot, some of the similar content. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I find it interesting that the whole power grid thing, because apparently it's, that's been a real big thing in the news, actually. Yep. It's a lot of, you know, it was like, you really need to look at your power grids, guys, because mm -hmm. they are not protected. It's, yep. It's a lot of fun to watch people's faces when we're like, no, no, this actually happens. They're like, we're like yeah. Well, take that to bed with you. Yeah. Oh, the music is kicking up outside. And now we have a soundtrack to go behind us. Well, I guess you don't need anything for this part, James. That's some goddamn sound. <laughs> There's a lot more music at this convention well, it is, than it's been. Yeah. It's goes to 11. The theme is rocking out. Yeah. Which is better than last year, the Odyssey, where we suffered the wrath of Poseidon. Uh, yes. Okay. It was an oddly uh, uh, appropriately named icon. Yeah. And Speaking of rocking out, the next panel was the Going to Guy panel. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That uh, Kevin and I ran, which we... Wow, that had a ton of favorable response. I was cool. shocked. It did. People um, love Uncle Go. Mm -hmm. He like, touches you in inappropriate places, but you like it. It's true. And we, we started from... Uh, we covered what we considered the four bases, which was giant robots, um, bloody mayhem, awesome chicks, and dumbass humor. And yeah. so we covered, like, you know, the original stuff, like, you know, Bazinger... Delaman, Shameless School. That is like a special kind of loud. Yeah. It is a special kind yeah, of loud. Yeah, it's like being at our table. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. A lot of people learned about more of the Gona Guy than they knew, which is excellent. And a lot of people didn't apparently know who Gona Guy was, but want to know who, about, who he is now. Really? Like, yeah. So you actually had people who people walked into who Gona Guy a was? panel about Gona, Gona Guy, not knowing who Gona Guy was. Yep. But came out wanting to know about him. Right, right, right. Guy. Yeah. But yeah, they came in. Apparently, they were like, oh, I, "I'm hoping maybe the anime's creepy uncle line is what does it." Okay. You also did expose like uh, after the panel was over, I talked to some of the other girls that were in the audience, and a couple of them actually were really turned on to Cutie Honey. Oh yeah. Like a bunch of them had never even heard of it, but again, Cutie Honey's really awesome yeah. and consistently girls like it. I even love. Though yeah, I love to pimp Cutie Honey out to the women because. In my history, bizarrely enough, inevitably, my female friends seem to like Cutie Honey more than the guys. Which you don't expect, considering that it's a show that features a woman parading around half-naked most of the time. But she's also a badass. Well, yeah. hilariously enough, apparently, um, uh, Cutie Honey was originally going to be Gona Guy's shoujo manga, and um, it was turned down by the shoujo, uh, shoujo magazines. So he um, actually had to pitch it to the Shonen magazines in order to get it run. And a version of it was later was done in a shoujo magazine, but yeah. that was gonna got it. It went off really well. I think that was it for yesterday, Friday. Mm -hmm. So all was left was Saturday, which yep. was two panels. Cause I had one, y'all had one. Uh, yes. 
And he also was being an adult. Yep. And, and, and fandom today. Yep. Which we couldn't even sit in on because we got there late and it was standing room only. And, and the standing room was filled. Yeah. Like. We could not put any more people in Yeah, we made sure every seat was occupied. And then people sat in the aisles and stood in the back. Yep. We basically made inappropriate comments and had an extremely candid conversation about why uh, people need to grow the fuck up and remember their cartoons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we, we got a way better response than we expected. Oh, yeah. We, we honestly expected not to make it out of this panel due to being lynched. And people loved it. They we, A lot of people had a really good time with it. Uh, they laughed their asses off. Some, some of the jokes didn't quite get across the way we wanted them to. My Agile joke was great, man. Yeah. Fuck all of them. <laughs> Um, but no, it was a very good panel, very frank discussion, a lot of audience interaction and participation, which is different than panels we normally run where... Yeah, it's a lot of presentation. It's the, more uh, presentation. Some people had a hard time with the frankness, and it took some getting them getting used to us as presenters. Yes, yeah. Um, I think once we started doing more of the um, de uh, self-deprecating humor yeah. and, and making fun of ourselves up there as So they realized we weren't being they cringy jackasses. Right, they, they loosened up a lot. So what was one of the topics you actually talked about at the panel? Uh, one of the ones I was really proud of is uh, Drew and I came up with the uh, was it fandom development life cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the what? process by which people get into fandom and the stages where their fandom lives and, um, you know, you move from discovery to uh, community, or discovery to immersion, to community outreach, mm -hmm. to focused immersion, to genre community outreach. Or uh, to community contribution. Yeah. Um, and you can define where somebody is in their fandom based on that. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know if we're going to apply that to anything, but it's kind of neat. Yeah. And then the, I guess the final panel we did was my panel, which was Getting Your Anime Groove Back, which is a really slyly t titled Basil Recommends Anime Panel. Okay. Now, well, the whole idea is that event many times in a, a fan's development, they will experience burnout. Yes. Um, and they'll they and usually what happens is they don't know what shows to watch anymore. Mm -hmm. They watch a bunch of crap, and they decide that obviously all anime is crap now. I get I have to get a new hobby. I need a new yeah. hobby, mm -hmm. and so what I try to focus on with this recommendation panel is some of the stuff that might be not you know most the best anime you've never heard of, but anime that is existing and that recently to the cutting edge so even to back in the day that's you know probably you didn't pay attention to when it was coming out but it is worth looking into yeah and i i've also seen you run this at momocon and both times there's been a, there's been a show that people has kept coming up and asking what was that show what was that show what was the name of that show well you do see it a lot especially if you've been a fan of anime for a long yeah. time you, you see people just go well all this new stuff is crap and then if you go, well, what about this show? Well, what about this show? And a lot yeah. of times they just haven't even heard of At it. At MomoCon, it was Jellyfish Princess. People kept asking, what the hell was that? What was the name yeah. of that show? This one, it was uh, Zakuro. Atome Yokai Zakuro. Like, 12 people kept asking, what was the name of that show? What was the name of that show? You know, it was... Every season, there's, um, there's hidden gems to be found. Most of what comes out is sort of the same generic mass market anime that, that comes out. But there are always you know, some interesting you know, works in there. Uh, just weird concepts or just... DMC was that when I found it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck, yes. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of, an there's a bunch of anime series that when they come out, they're uh, 
they kind of get lost. The initial episode isn't so good, so you might not look at them, but yeah. but they really come into their own in the later episodes. They get lost in the torrent of torrents, well, if you will. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, nowadays, back in the day, you know, we what we got was what we got. You know, and there was sort of an artificial filter of the anime companies only bringing out what they considered the best and what would actually yeah, sell. Yeah, the best and the most marketable. Now, in the days of online street streaming, streaming and, and torrenting, torrenting, you can pretty much, if you want to, watch any show that's come out in Japan. More or less. Like, yeah. often within a day of it actually airing. Which means you're getting all the good stuff and all the crap. Yes. And so it's kind of good to have these kind of, you know, recommendation shows to help yes. cut through the crap. What I recommend people do, um, something I like to do every season for every big season, is uh, download the first episode of a lot of different things and try it out. See, well, is this going to be any good? Let me give the first episode. And if it even catches your interest, let me give the second. And if you don't like a show, just stop watching it. Yeah. And so far... You don't this, have to finish what you're watching. Oh, yeah. This, this past couple of seasons, like, you know, I, I stuff I wasn't expecting I would like, I really liked. Um, for example, Tiger and Bunny. Tiger uh, is, and Bunny is great. Is my favorite show of the new season. Well, yeah, I and, saw the first episode of that, and I'm like, Basil, <clears throat> Tiger and Bunny, most promising show I've seen so far. Which well, one is Tiger and Bunny? It's, it's about the superhero like, reality oh, yeah. TV show. It's yeah. the second best show airing the season after Kaiji season two. <laughs> Kaiji Man, is fucking awesome. I'm Kaiji sorry. is awesome, but it's one of the hardest sells to sell to anime fans. Either got because be- it's because the the art style is very retro. And it's very angular. Um, secondly, it's about gambling, but it, it's but it's but it's a very slow burn. Well, it, it's not so much about gambling as much as it is. Well, I mean, it is, but about losing at gambling and winning at gambling. Right. And but, you know, digging yourself in a giant hole and having to gamble to get back out. It's a, a strange <laughs> series that um doesn't but, glorify the subject matter in any way. No, it's really easy to get turned off of it. I've never. No name that I've showed it to who didn't fucking love it though. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it and you go, know, eh, but most so, of the time you sit down and watch if they, it. If, like, they, if they actually watch cool. episodes, give it a chance, it usually works. But the trick is selling it to them. Well, to be fair, I don't try to sell it to your average, um, you know, I watch whatever's on Cartoon Network fan or, you know, I don't bother trying to do it. It's other way, you know, people who I think might like it, I'll try to yeah. pitch it to. But, you know, that's, but when you get to cons, that's who you're pitching it to, so that's why I sort of try to get. Off the walls, not off the wall stuff, but interesting stuff that they should catch, but I think would work. So I think would actually sell in America. Some of it, you know, has been streamed, some of it's not at all. But I think all of that I showed, I think they could sell in America, market it, and it would actually turn a profit. But those were our panels. And it was, we had fun. It was, I got the most response from these panels that I've ever gotten at a convention before. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, for whatever reason, um, this year, the people going to the panels were much um, more into it. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. They were, um, they interacted more. Um, they were just excited to be there. They came to ask questions after the panel. Right. They just ate that shit up, left mm-hmm. and right. I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it seemed to me like a lot, a lot of the people going in the, in the panels that I attended were almost an older audience. Like. Huh. Okay, so one of our panels was for being an adult fan. Well, so that's not exactly... We're not going to be I'm a good barometer counting, on that one. I'm not even counting well, that one. Yeah. I'm counting, like, the Gona Guy panel, the tea panel. Like, a couple of the other ones I went to, they just seemed like the people attending the panels were a lot older, and a bunch of the kids were standing out in the hall. Yeah. Uh, I think for the D-List, when we did it... Yeah, we had, um, 
a fairly younger crowd. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was kind of that age range I expected, though, that late yeah. teens to early 20s crowd. Yeah. Right. Hey, Kids I, who I, like robots. I saw Gundam Double O and Good MC, and, uh, hey, those were cool. <laughs> wow, Epic D list? What is this? Check it out, and I've never seen it in that stupid looking. Stick around, there's I, more. I had people asking and stopping me in the hallway to ask, what was that show that one that we're gonna hold down into hell and he killed Satan? Alright, so there's a backstory on that one. Should I tell the whole backstory of that one? Go for it. So we're, we're trucking down the hall trying to get somewhere, and literally a midget grabs <laughs> Richard by the arm and asks him about this show, and the look on Richard's face of, Jesus Christ, I haven't even drank that much. What is this crap? Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. It oh, God, good. oh, God. It could not have been more fun. Uh, the answer to the question is Godnars. Rokshin Gatai Godnars. Yeah, it's just, it, the the crowds have been, at least for our panels, were, were amazing. Yes. So, I have to ask, has anyone besides me been to a panel that none of us were running? I haven't had time. Are you kidding? Yeah. I've been running my own promotion yeah. convention panel. Um, I've been to panels that um, Mark and Drew, and I think I, went, I stopped in at one of your panels, but uh, that's it. Nobody else's. Yeah, it, it's it's that's the sad truth. Is this time we were very very busy. Yeah, I'm not busy. sure. I, I deliberately made an effort to check out the Gundam panel because it was a guy from two years ago that had an absolutely horrible panel. Did he do the same panel this year? More or less. I'd argue it's improved. That's not saying it's still good. Still as Shar in first person. He almost avoided it, but he did slip into it at points. Uh, uh, well, you know, at least give him credit for trying to not do it. Yeah. yeah. God bless the four or five people yeah. who are trolling the hell out of that. Panel. I, think, <laughs> I think it stopped in the hole um, earlier and um, got asked why we weren't doing the Gundam panel again this year. Mm. And because we didn't put in for it. But still, right. um, apparently. Uh, yeah, he could not get the TV to work for him. It was funny. A lot of people have that issue, through. which I don't. I guess they're not used to working with electronics. Because yeah. I never had a single issue. We had a we had an audio issue during our hacking one. But Ended the, up being your fault. Yeah, you, you yes. turned the volume down on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's it. That was our panels at MTAC. Woo! So y'all are now on a podcast. How do you feel? Sexy. Wonderful, wonderful. Great. Tired. <laughs> I'm You're... not tired at all. I don't know what the hell's wrong with these people. So what are some names? What are some names? Taylor. I'm Luke. I'm Mariah. So how has MTAC been for you so far? Sexy. Oh, it's been great every year, man. I love it. I love the costumes. Really so, what's been your favorite thing so far this year? Yaoi porn. <laughs> uh, my my favorite thing has definitely been uh, that guy. I'm not I'm not sure where it's from, but he had a full uh, set of armor on. It looked just badass. I mean, he really made it really well. Um, I went with the first guy to Yaoi porn, so I guess Yaoi porn. Were there actually dicks involved for once this time? And rape. I wasn't. I didn't understand the question. Uh, so, what kind of rape was it? Non-consensual and very sweet. How does that work? Alcohol and roofies. Oh, you, you, you only need one of those. I don't think you need both. Seriously. I didn't even. So, so how do you feel about alcohol and roofies? Um, I like them. I like them. Maybe a headache afterwards, but. <laughs> so you're telling me you would be opposed to using them on yourself or other people? It depends. It really does. If someone was just really ugly and you had to get through it, is that what I'm hearing? 
Maybe, yeah. Well, my, I have a couple in my pocket. So what are you looking forward to later on at the convention, possibly tomorrow? Um, the Yowie they're showing tomorrow night. I'm looking uh, forward to dress on for the cosplay competition. I'm just following these guys, yeah. Same thing they're doing. What are you dressing up for the cosplay contest? Uh, someone from the Scarlet Monastery from WoW. So how, how long did you take to make the costume? Uh, it took about it took about three weeks to make all the costumes. I had to make every one of them. So you hoping you have a good shot at it? I'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have it. It's a group costume thing. I'm pretty sure we're gonna seven. be we're gonna be at least at least number two. We're gonna two. be in the teens. Yeah, we're High gonna, teens. Well, good luck and enjoy the rest of the con. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So you are the last two people in line for this gigantic line. How does that feel? Oh uh, well. Long way ahead. Pretty crappy. I'm gonna tell you, I'm pretty crappy. So, uh, let me get some names. Uh, I'm Evan Smith. Aaron Height. So, why didn't you get here sooner? Uh, we were waiting on these guys. <laughs> they were so late. <laughs> why, why didn't you wait, man? Did you also go to Walmart, or I mean? No, we had to wait for them. Why couldn't you get in line to save the place? We don't like them well enough. <laughs> well, this isn't for them, it's for you. I mean, come on, you gotta have some foresight here. We just didn't think about it beforehand. Well, you really, really can't blame them for a decision that you could have made yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a responsibility over there. Responsibility. We got lost, and then we stole some internet access. Now, do you really, really have to go to a risque cosplay contest? Can't you just check Suicide Girls or something? We could, but probably. Internet's gonna cost us. Yeah. It's not free at our hotel room. Nope. It's not. And I just turned 18, so I'm excited. So, what have you been enjoying so far at the convention before this? Uh, you know, some music, a lot of things. We went to the Minecraft forum, so yeah. that was awesome. Minecraft forum was really awesome. Now, Minecraft has absolutely nothing to do with anime or manga or even Japanese video games at all. Why the hell was this panel here at this convention? Big uh, video game name, so now. I don't know. Nobody I was just there. Nobody knows why it won the, uh, the, what's that magazine, the Escapist magazine? It came out of nowhere and beat Valve and Bioware. Yeah, that was pretty intense. Pretty intense. But, but did you enjoy the, the, the panel? Oh, yeah. It was pretty nice, yeah. It was pretty good. Good videos. What was the most favorite thing that you've made so far in Minecraft? Um, <laughs> um, I made a floating island. He modded it after that castle. guy. He has the craziest he castle. Does. Not me. <laughs> so how crazy is your castle? Oh, I can't even remember the size of it. It's it's huge. Surrounded by a gigantic wall. And I made a dragon head on it, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. Now that you do this brick by brick, did you use any alternate programs to help you through brick. it? Brick by brick. He did it the hard way. He did it the hard way. So what are you looking forward to later on in the convention? Uh, seeing everybody dress up. I'm actually going to dress up tomorrow, later. Well, what you dressing up for? Uh, dressing up ass, really. No, nah, just a uh, general dress up, so. The yeah, the rave. It ought to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the rave. <laughs> well, I hope you have fun at the rave and at this contest and enjoy the rest of the con. I do a podcast, which will now eventually be on. I wanted to, I usually try to interview the people near the front and near the end of the line, both for the end people so they have someone to talk to while they wait forever for the stage to start. I know this is late anyways because it's always late.
because it's a late night event. So things, you know, when stuff gets delayed, it's the last thing to get delayed is in response. So good luck. Well, I guess no. I asked the line actually was back there. Yeah. Crap! You're not the last people at all. Dead gummit. <laughs> So you are actually the last person in line for this thing. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we are actually now. the last people. We walked about three miles to get here. I don't know. It's like one of those looping background games. You just I saw the same building like four times. We're gonna end up like up the stairs, looping up through all the floors. <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are some names? What are some names? Uh, some names are Bob, George. Uh, What's your name? Oh, my name is Caleb. <laughs> Jojo. So how has the convention been so far until the three miles of trek? The event has been fantastic. You know, I just kind of took a break from it because I got kind of tired. So I went back to my hotel. But, you know, I was over here earlier, tried out the little cafe that was down there. It was pretty nice. Needs more rock band. <laughs> I will agree that it needs more rock band. So what's been your favorite event so far? Well, I actually haven't been into any legitimate events yet. This will be my first, this risque cosplay. Uh, I like, really like the zombie yeah. panel a lot. Sure, man. Now, did I mention any actual zombies that are in an anime in the panel, or just zombies in general? I should get a wristband since I'm 18 and older, and I'm in the 18 and older zombies line. Zombies in general. It's probably. No. I need a wristband. Zombies in general, I would say. Did, are we, like, not technically in line? I think the line just skipped out on you, so... Well, good luck. Have a good convention. All right, you too, man. And we are back with our second part of the wonderful MTAC extravaganza, the podcast that goes to 11. And we're here now with the Chainsaw Buffet guys. What up? Hello. Hello. So let's get some names. I'm John. Uh, Charlie. Dylan. And so since, as you notice in the first uh, part of this podcast... Uh, us also cast people were busy running panels all weekend, so we really had a chance to experience the con itself. Thankfully, we have these guys. So, how's been the con for y'all? Uh, pretty good. Um, this has been an interesting uh, impact for us because last year uh, we did nothing. Well, yeah, yes. we did nothing at the convention itself. It was all interviews, media room. We lived there. Uh, this year is different because you know we've we've done a lot of interviews over the last few months on Skype, uh, both just regular interviews and the stuff we're doing with Voices for Japan. And so this year um, we we haven't really set foot in the media room because uh, you know we're we're hoping to to do some interviews with like the Slants and the Manpower and and some other guys later tonight. Um, but. You know, this is Saturday night, so this is going to be the first time we, we've even had the chance to do an interview with anybody. But it's been different because we've been going to uh, panels of, of, of folks that we've hung out with in the past. Unfortunately, we haven't met any of your guys, which makes us real douchebags. But I went uh, to I went to um, uh, getting your anime group We're back. Okay, well, so Dil- Dylan's not a douchebag. I'm, rest a, tre- rest I'm rest a tremendous rest. asshat. I am too. Um, because I, you know, I've been to like everybody else's panel. I, I went to. Uh, the Manpower's panel and the Slants panel and uh, went went to the voice actor extravaganza. But Basil was in there, but we were like way apart because he was in the front of the line and I was in the back of the room. But uh, it, it was it was interesting because uh, you know we'd had Tara Platt and Yuri Lowenthal on on the podcast a couple of times before MTech, and so 
you know, we actually finally got to meet them in person, and they were they were super duper nice, and it was it was really nice for us. So, it's it's been really different. I wouldn't say it's it's the normal, uh, ongoing experience for for other folks, I guess. So you went to panels. Tell us about the panels. Uh, the panels I went to were actually uh, really pretty good, and and I think Charlie and, and Dylan and I all went to we we had some in common, but we all went to to really different panels. Um, the the slants had one about music recording and editing. It was it was sort of high end stuff. Which, as a podcaster, you know, there are certain elements that weren't applicable, but there were still things that they introduced that were that were neat because we're complete amateurs and and uh, don't do anything professionally. So it was neat to hear uh, some of the aspects of that. Um, I'm trying it's, to remember. It's something. neat to hear what goes into production of a CD. Exactly. They had kind of. You know, they were talking about how you would do it, and it, it's not just going in and playing a bunch of music and just, you know, recording it directly onto you know, a finished track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of thing of some of the other stuff. Uh, I said the voice actor extravaganza, and that was mm-hmm. same old bullshit as as always. Hey, can you say the line from bar to bar? Hey, if you guys are are, are those guys, screw you, man. Screw you. If you Whoa. if you want to hear the line. Go buy the fucking DVD and watch it. That is my advice to you. Thankfully, Tara Platt was there to regulate. Yes, Tara Platt. It, yeah, she's she's a regulator. Thank God for her. Like, like seriously, we. This is one panel I went to that wasn't my own, and it started off where Vic's doing his Vic thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey guys, I'm Vic Manana. Woohoo! I did Elric. I uh, did Tamaki. Oh my god! Wouldn't be great if there was more host club. Yay! Ignoring the fact that they have, he has no power at all to make sure that this would ever happen. Right. Uh, as he's just a paid schmo who gets to do a job where he makes makes voices and right. you know act out characters, <laughs> which is a cool job, but it doesn't mean you get to create anime. Yeah, and and after the second. Hey, can we have a fight between Broly and Sasuke? Or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The the, the guy said Sosuke because you know there's an O in in S A S U K E. All those Naruto characters. Naruto. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Tara was like, "Well, how about this? You know, how about we we have a, a line here, and you guys, if you have any questions about voice acting." Yeah, an actual production. Yeah, basically saying, how about we cut the bullshit out? And if you have like legitimate questions, you can go up here and ask them. But stop doing this bullshit about asking us to to uh, to voice your uh, your fanfic. Because uh, that's what they want, right? They no, they, 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 want, they want them to say stuff from a, from a bridge series and uh, and their fanfic and and their romantic pairings that never happened. Uh, so yeah. I won't disagree with that. They, they want to have, they, they want to see uh, Ed Elric and Sasuke have sex, and yeah, you know, I guarantee you, Yuri's married. That room Yuri, Yuri Lowenthal is married, and you know, to a wonderful life. woman who regulated the panel, and we got actual, you know, questions asked and actual questions answered. Yeah, Tara, Tara Platt, I love her so much. If you're listening, Tara, I, I, I want to have your babies. So, so how was the manpower panel? Because I heard it was about <laughs> anime, but not quite. Or it, what it was, it was about. Um, Anime, you should see. So it was, it was kind of one of those panels where, 
uh, and these are panels that I normally don't don't enjoy because it's like these are the the anime that I like, and you know it's 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 very subjective and there's very little discussion. But but um, Chris and Cody actually did a really nice job with it because um, for one, Chris and Cody have very very different uh, tastes in anime because mm -hmm. Cody Warhammer is a big girl and likes uh, <laughs> Clonade After Story and The Wallflower and Orin Host Club. Um, he also likes DBZ, so, you know. Yeah, but... There are girls that some, like DBZ. Some of his suggestions, the way he described them, I may have to look into. Hey, hey, now... I may be completely wrong. Now, listen, that. listen. Uh, the, the manpower are, are responsible for so much of the success that the Chainsaw Buffet has had. So I love them dearly. They're close friends of ours. Um, but come on, Cody. Come on, man. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I love you, Cody. Love you just the way you are, but come on, man. They at least attempted to I love justify. You just the way you are, mm -hmm. except for you know, except for the things I don't like. Thing, except yeah. the one thing that, except for the fact that you're a big girl. Um, <laughs> change for my approval. Yes, change. For, not really. Um, but but like like I was saying, it's it was actually interesting, uh, and they, you know, if if you guys have ever seen the manpower or, or met them in person, they're very energetic, they're very engaging, and they're they're very fun. It wasn't just like, well, I like this show. It, it wasn't it wasn't fan link. It basically, you know, they're they're discussing and and you know getting up in my wife's face saying don't laugh don't laugh which was which was making her laugh even more it was, it was funny shit do not sit in the front yeah totally sit totally front. sit in the front because that's the best fucking place to be so what other panels did y'all go to possibly or individually or whatnot let's see went to the songwriting panel or i, I didn't catch i don't think i caught the whole thing i caught i caught part of it with uh uh simon young and was with him blanking maybe was it the drummer was it was it johnny or tyler or i think it was johnny so now are you a master songsmith now can it can you yes. no but i did get a, i did get a few resources that just for the hell of it i might look up um but it, it's interesting to see their process because every band does it differently so it's yeah. it's but i like their work so it's kind of cool to see how they do it uh that was pretty cool um went to the Went to what was supposed to be the Slants yes. Q and A, wow. which um, we ended up uh, helping uh, because um, Sonny, the Impact Music Director, said, "Hey, you know, they, they had to do sound check because I don't even think they knew before." No, they because uh, they we had, we had originally thought we might be able to get them on the podcast at two before their Q and A. Then they found out they had to do sound check at two. So, but and then the soundtrack ran into three when their Q and A was. So the, we're waiting around, and anyway, yeah, ahead. yeah. Uh, but Sunny was was there, and she's like, "Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I I've toured, you know, I've been on tour with the Manpower, and you know, Chris has played with them a bunch of times, and you know, we've got the Chainsaw Buffet guys here. They've interviewed them, so yeah, we 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 asked a few questions, and the audience asked a bunch of questions, and it was it was fun. Yeah. So basically, Chris Sex and Sunny. Did the slants Q and A session with us semi mediating? So this is kind of like the one time I went to AWA and I went to AWO's podcast uh, podcast panel. It was the podcast about AWO, and it was ran by the Ninja Consultants because the AWO guys were um, at another panel that they were that were obligated to be at. <laughs> with um, I forget which one it was one of the um, really big anime directors, um, who you normally never see in America ever. Hmm. They're like. Well, we can help do this like we're supposed well, we wanted to, and skip our panel or we go to our panel and miss this one at a lifetime chance. 
yeah, sorry guys, we're yeah, going to it. That, that's not even the decision. <laughs> like, I forget what David yeah. said. If it was the choice, I, w- I would have made the exact same choice. Cake or death. Um, yeah. You know, and so it was, it was kind of weird when I went to it. Um, I'm like, these guys do not sound like AWO. Because <laughs> I got way through it like halfway through already. It was starting because I was running late that morning. And I'm like, these sound, people sound weird. I don't, and then Daryl walked, and, like, and where's Daryl? Because I knew who Daryl was. I met him before. Before I was about to say, you, you know, if you've been to AWA, you've at least seen Daryl a few times. Well, I, I mean, I knew Daryl before. I knew Daryl, at least of Daryl, before AWO. Um, and I met him before there was an awesome cast. Uh, in fact, this panel was before the awesome cast existed. And I'm like, this is really weird. And then, then, then Daryl walks in and goes, I apologize. I'm sorry we're not here. And this is why. And I'm like, oh, that was somebody else. Huh. Next. Man, I could run a podcast panel, but another podcast, if I just had to be a podcast, maybe I should be a podcast, and thus Awesome Cast was born. Awesome. But that's a... Uh, that's cool. That's a side story. Ah, well, I was sort of debating on doing one before then. That sort of just sealed the deal. The story sounded um, better when you didn't put that note in. Take yeah. that out. It was <sighs> much more Just edit it's it It's always out. more complicated. Remember, remember you are authoring your own legend. It's true. Anyways, um, that's my side note. So... Any other panels besides my wondrous one? Um, we did go to the, to the kind of Hot Corners. Uh, oh yeah, how was that? It, it was it was it was a madhouse. It was a madhouse. <laughs> and if you guys have ever listened to their podcast, that shouldn't surprise anyone. There was one really cool part at the beginning. Um, you know, our our podcast was involved in the Anime Fans Get Back to Japan event along with uh, the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast, and they had uh, Doctor. He's he's been around. I don't know if you've if you guys have met him. Um, He's a cool guy. He was he was there, and uh, they were involved in that event as well. And Gara uh, Richie, who runs runs the Kanawha Corner podcast, um, had decided he was going to try and do a video to promote all the podcasts that were involved with it, um, including our own. And he uh, wrote wrote it like a tsunami uh, promo. And then uh, he, he came to me because apparently if you ever want to, uh, to find out how to contact a voice actor and get them on your podcast, I'm apparently the go-to guy for these kind of things. <laughs> I don't know why. It might be because Crispin Freeman's going to be on our podcast on Sunday. And, you know, maybe, maybe if you guys uh, listen to it, you know, you'll, you'll find out something new about him smuggling art and frog. But anyway, I digress. Um, he- um, just side note, real quick, this is going up on May 2nd. So that podcast is already up before this one is going up. So go Good check news. it out. <laughs> it's already there. Yeah. Magic. Um, anyway, uh, he asked me for Steve Bloom's email, which I gave to him. A business email, obviously. He said, you can Google it. Um, yeah, my secret is Google. Again, one of those notes that, you know, you just... The story's better without out. it. Story's keep going, keep going. So... Uh, well, he emailed him and, and said, hey, you know, I'm doing this video to promote uh, Anime Fans Go Back to Japan. And Steve, and Steve was on that event. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to record it. So he recorded a Toonami promo as, as Tom, although he didn't say the name, obviously. Right. Um, but did this whole thing, so you'll hear him talking about, you know, the One Piece podcast and kind of corner and Ass Backwards and Chainsaw Buffet, which was just really badass hearing Steve Bloom say, and uh, the Chainsaw Buffet podcast. And I'm like, Fuck yeah! So, <laughs> and then the rest of the panel was uh, Gothic Gara 
trying his damnedest and failing to keep order. <laughs> and what's ba- what's great was his little brother was the cameraman in the back, and he was probably the worst part of it. <laughs> he was a heckler. He was a he was heckling <laughs> his brother. Yeah, I think I accidentally interviewed him in the line to the voice actor's extravaganza. Um, accidentally? Like you didn't mean to? Well, I was talking to his people, and he was there, so I interviewed him. It's like, I'm God, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Well, he's, he's, I didn't want to tell them that one of our promos is about how much Naruto sucks. I feel kind of bad, so I'm not going to mention that. But here's my podcast card anyways. Well, well listen, Gar doesn't like Evangelion, so I, you know, and I, I don't... I'm not a huge fan of Naruto, and you know we we still hang out. It's fine, yeah. you know. We, we don't can, see we that. We get past either. our differences. It's all about the yeah. love. You know the the podcasting group. We we've got a great big family with you guys and and ass backwards and going on corner. And yeah. if you want to be part of the family too, just email podcast at chainsawbuffet.com. For some reason. For some reason. <laughs> So, um, was that for the panels, or was there any more? Uh, or? Oh, the Chinese cook, or the Japanese cooking one. We went to that yes. one, the, the how to make Japanese food at home. That one was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was very, like, uh, the guy who did it was very familiar with Alden Brown, and he, he put a lot into the setup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, here's what equipment you need. The guy put a lot of work into it, which yeah. was very cool. I mean, it showed, which was nice. And, oh, yeah. that's interesting, because I tend to be uh, a lot um, lower end on the lower end scale when I uh, do any cooking so except for the number of dishes used if you've ever seen Dylan cook it's like here's 13 plates I don't know how he does it uh, anyway I'm, I'm just screaming from Dylan on the podcast that's unfair um, and I also remembered we went to the uh, the blue grade uh, panel because yes, uh, I forgot about that Blue grade because Chris from the Manpower has a side band with a with a hot geeky chick, and it's called Blue Grade. So ah. he, he he can basically open for himself now. Yeah. But I was that guy at the Blue Grade panel. Yeah. He encouraged us to be. Yeah. That rule guy. number one, and this is the rule that everyone in the Chainsaw Buffet uh, lives by: we do not be that guy. True. And if you've ever been to a convention, if you've ever been in a panel, you know who that guy is. And if you don't. God help you, you are probably that guy. I don't think I should have to explain what that guy is. You know. Yeah. So we strive not to be that guy. And in that Well, way, actually, if, you know, in some panels, <laughs> maybe if you are that guy, it helps. <laughs> and, and that, yeah, that's... In this one, it kind of did. That is succinct. Yes. Uh, the, a succinct definition. Um, but we all ended up, I think, being that guy. But this is the one panel I've ever been to where you were pretty much encouraged to be that guy. Well, it's one of those things because nobody knows who Blue Grade is yet because they hadn't even performed. They don't have a CD yeah. out yet or anything. Yeah, I think this convention was their very first public performance. Public performance because she lives in Huntsville, he lives in Nashville. And so they're kind of going, it's a lot of over the internet and going back and forth trying to write music and not necessarily being in the same room. So Yeah, and, and it's a, still a very, very relatively new project, but... You know, we had we had gone to dinner with with Chris and and Cody and and Lionel the night before, um, at at a place about I don't know twenty twenty five minutes from here called uh, Arigato Sayonara, which is a great place. It's a tremendously good place if you ever in in I think it's Madison. Yeah, Madison, it's, Tennessee. Yeah, it's in the Madison area. Um, but yeah, we 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 hung out with them for a while. We had dinner, 
Um, we, we went to Walmart because Chris had to buy some stuff. So I was asking questions like, hey, hey, Chris, you know, did you ever go by Kroger to buy that razor you forgot at Walmart last night? Or, uh, hey, Mia, why didn't you go to dinner with us? You know, stuff, just stuff like that. Yeah, nobody was asking questions, so we had to do something. It, it was one of those things where, you know, people might not have, have walked away with much, but they probably at least had a good time. And if somebody said, Hey, how was the blue grade panel? They was at their friends. Yeah, it was fun, and maybe maybe they'll they'll check it out. So guys, check out blue grade. Check out the manpower, and, and check out the slants because those guys are. It kind of sounds like one time at OhioCon. This is my first panels ever. For whatever reason, they gave us a podcasting panel with the awesome cast, which is a podcast a podcast a panel about podcasting, where it was us talking about stuff. And at that time, you know, we have a lot more listeners now than we had then. But even now, I don't know how many of them honestly live in Ohio. Yeah. And so I get there, and it was like, then suddenly five people show up. One listened. Right. The other five were just like, we don't know what this is. What's podcasting? And by the time, let me tell you, this room was huge. This room could fit like 200 people. I had at the at the end of it fifteen, and it was more or less me just talking to them about whatever. And they're like, "So how do you like? How was the drive up? <laughs> Isn't it cold out there?" <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go ahead and go out and land. You bonded uh, in your mutual awkwardness. Like, like it was like, so what anime do you watch? I'm like, well, I watch this anime. What do you anime do you watch? Oh well, that sucks. Um, <laughs> you should watch this one instead. And we're like, oh, okay. You well, know, if, if it makes you feel any better, Basil, you probably had more uh, random people stumble into that panel than we have actual listeners. And we're trying, damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. true. That's true. But regardless, um, talking about music people, this has been a very music heavy convention. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Um, we've only seen, like, I've only seen yeah, a handful. I think that's of, interesting uh, because 17... we, we do have this uh, public perception, and, and I see where we got it. As being the music podcast, because you know that's that's how we started out. Was you know we we met uh, Chris and uh, and the Slants the first time they were over at MTAG. It was the same year. Those were our first interviews. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they were our first interviews, and that's kind of how we got the ball rolling and, and doing what we're doing now. Because it's one of those things. If you're if you're gonna do interviews, you have to start with somebody who's willing to say. Yeah, I'll talk to you even though I have no idea who you are and you have no listeners and, and nobody's ever heard of you. And then after that, you can say, well, I've interviewed this guy. And, you know, it just, you can just kind of build off of that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that we have that, that thing because we do go to a lot of concerts, admittedly. But yeah, I guess I would, now, I, I would say we're music guys. Saying, now, at this point, I guess we are the music and voice actor. Maybe. But we talk about video games more than we talk about either of those yeah. things. So it's That's true. public perception is a weird thing. So and I think have a public too. And a lot of the um, music to be out, out there in the courtyard. Yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, it seems like that's where they focus a lot of it in there. This was definitely the year to have a courtyard room. We did. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We were able to get. We didn't have one last year, despite our best efforts. But we we were able to get one this year, and, and you guys did as well. And and you probably can hear it being in the background in both of these segments. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that's been nice. I mean. It, Obviously, from the rooms with the acoustics, you can't always tell what anybody's doing. But it's it's very cool to not have to go down there. He's like, 
oh, I want to go to my room and rest. Hey, I can just open the door and there's a concert. It is nice. Um, I don't know uh, if anybody else, uh, I might be the only person that listens to him. Uh, they had the guy, uh, Duane from Duane and Brando. Uh, he has a, a thing here called Ape Adventures and he did a lot of rap songs to various NES music things. I felt kind of bad for the guy because his, uh, his concert was in the, in the court garden like two in the afternoon. And that shit was hot. And if you've ever listened to his, to his uh, songs, he he's very fast, very upbeat, very high tempo. So I'm like, I, I just hope the guy doesn't pass out. Well, he seemed to do okay because that was when I was chilling in my room, recharging my phone. So I heard it, it was pretty good. I I was impressed. He has like an eight minute Mega Man two rap. So uh, he might have, if he had done that, he might have actually just you know like died. <laughs> but it, it has been really interesting, just you know. Walking to your room and then just hearing music that's not yours just being played. And I noticed that a lot of um, con promoting, a lot of, most every con promoter was in the promoting, had their own separate speaker system. Some louder than others, Mark and Drew, um, play, playing music. And it was really, see, just how much random dance lines would appear. But the anime blues people were really big about they'll play a song, and next thing you know, there's like 20 people in front of their booth dancing <laughs> which i'm sure they're having fun but it doesn't help congestion at nope. all no it, it did seem this year it's kind of weird and i guess i'm going to ask them about it tomorrow um was that this is security seems way more lax this year than i've ever seen it my attack my understanding because i was talking to christy on friday uh, there's a lot of new staff this year that's also what I've heard, that there's a lot of first-year newbies yeah, like, at the helm. Well, a new, a totally new head of public safety. Yeah. So, maybe they just gotta, maybe it may just take a little while to get there. But, yeah, it seems like I have not noticed a lot of public safety presence. In previous mm. years, regardless of, of my perceived level of their enforcement of rules... Um, they felt they were omnipresent. Yeah. Which yeah. was a good thing. And in this case, not so much, and maybe it's a lot of it may just be having to do with the the clothing, because you know, you it, for several years, it was they were very formally dressed. Yeah, yeah. they knew they who the they were. Suits. Now there's a couple of the girls on public safety that were wearing like nice shirts and vests, and they were a little more visible. But there were quite a few people. I'd walk up to, I'd look down. Oh, there's a public safety person. If I hadn't looked directly at them, I never would have known. I mean, I had, I really had. Uh, oh, you're. Oh, oh, you're public safety. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, if I hadn't seen their badges, basically. Yeah. You couldn't, they were not identifiable. Um, whatever. Good. Or, I don't know if that's good or bad or, 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 or what. But, but then, we'll just, keep, we'll just keep, get all the bad out of the way. Boy, I really wish there was another hotel they can go to. Yeah. They're about ready to outgrow this one. No, I, I, that, I think they've already outgrown it, like, last year. Yeah. Like, I, I think one of the reasons, well, they may admit it, I don't know, maybe they do, I think one of the things going towards doing on Easter weekend was maybe to, you know, artificially lower well, attendance. That had not, that's pretty brilliant. That had not occurred to me. It didn't work. It didn't work. It, wor it failed miserably. Were you at opening ceremonies? I was not. They, one of the things Lucas brought up, last year there were 1,800 pre-regs for last year. This year on Easter, there were 3,000. What, I think the part of that, you know, uh, Charlie has mentioned this a bunch of times. You just mentioned it about the idea of, you know, they're going to hold on Easter weekend. 
and artificially deflate attendance. That's you know that's not how it worked, and and this is my theory as to why it's twofold. The first reason um, is that it's it's Easter weekend, so it's a three day weekend for these kids. So your your ordinary uh, build is like Friday is kind of, is is good but kind of quiet. Saturday is is crazy, and then Sunday it thins out, and, it's, and it's everybody's bit, hungover. Yeah, it's a little bit more quiet than than say Friday was. This year, Friday, it still wasn't as as big as today, but it was way bigger than than in years past. And yeah. today was insane. Yeah, my theory is that tomorrow, it's going to be dead because what parents are going to be able to to do is it's like, well, you know, it's a three day weekend. You can go Friday and Saturday, but you need to be back. You know, Sunday. Sunday for a church. Yeah. So if, if you're trying to deflate attendance, the only thing you're doing by, by holding out on Easter is killing your, your deadest day already. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess the problem is, from, from everything I've heard from Lucas, is right now there just are really no other good options in the immediate area. Yeah, that's what I've seen is apparently like, it's this is the biggest they've got, and what if you go bigger, you're actually in a convention center. Yeah, you're not at a hotel that can host conventions. You're at a convention center was, with no hotel around it. There was talk of Nashville building a convention. Center, yeah, there wasn't there. It, there is talk. Of, there's is kind of like a there. There are plans. Yeah, I mean, there's plans right for a what would literally be the in between between this size and going to a convention center. That would be perfect for what Intact needs. Yeah. It yeah. just hasn't been built yet. Yeah, they're in a they're in an uncomfortable spot. It seems like at this point that that I I can the, the one thing I can say is it seems like they're doing the best with what they have. Yeah, they do. In the dealers' room, you can see every year they try something new, and unfortunately, it never quite works. No, the yeah. line is always huge and out the door. Well, it feels like, you know, they they have to put their panel rooms in place, obviously. And mm-hmm. dealer's room and autographs and stuff like that get whatever but, is left. Yeah, it seems like they keep looking for that for that formula that will make the dealer's room work. And, yeah. and they just have... I, I just don't think there is one. I, there may not yeah. be. I, although I have to I say, I was not necessarily opposed to the way they set it up in the fact that it was three separate rooms. Um, I like it, Dragon Con does like, it, although it, 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 it makes it, it like that on a smaller scale. Just unfortunately, you know, the main dealer's room was what got the line. Yeah. And the yeah. other two didn't get a line, but it didn't get as much traffic. True. That was a, that was an issue. The interesting thing though was when they were waiting on when, when they were trying to get everything set up for the pre-reg pre-show. The other two rooms were already open, and they went down the line, but but you never saw anybody leave. And I really, I do kind of feel bad for the dealers that were put in that quote-unquote marketplace because I kind of felt the same way. It, it really never seemed like they were getting the traffic. And their stuff, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they were any worse. Yeah, it was the like same quality of dealers. Yeah. And, and in fact, some of them had better wares than was in the main room. Yes. I mean, it was just, it was just one of the things where it was like, they had, they had so many slots and they, I think they just filled as it went in. They just were like, well, We've got these other slots. They're the last ones to sign up, or what? What have you? And let's put them in the marketplace. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like it was. It was just more dealer rooms, not you know. Yeah. A different kind of dealer's room. And the marketplace was actually nicer. the The lighting was better, so you could actually see what people were selling. Like in my experience, when I first went, in, I've only been to the, I only went to the dealer's room so far. I only went in Friday for the pre-reg pre-show, and thought, 
crap, it's dark. I have to get up on everything to see what it, yeah. the product is. And then when I went to the marketplace, I was like, oh, oh, well, that's nice. And and it, and it had better airflow. It's like it's much. It's comfortable. It's bright. I can shop in here. Like I think the only way they can fix that what they need is another room that's as big as main events. Yes. Yes. That's what they need, and it doesn't exist. No. Like, and that's their problem. And I, and I don't think there is a solution. I think they're going to keep trying for new solutions, and they're going to do their best to try to find that magic solution. But I have a feeling that the best solution is for the hotel to build another building. That's, yeah. that's one thing I, I really do like about the, the MTAC stuff is that staff is that they are always looking for, for you know, better solutions, new solutions. They're never complacent. No. They're like, ah, eh, you know, we'll, we'll just roll with it. It's fine the way it is. They're always looking to get better. And I, I think that says a lot about Lucas and, mm-hmm. and Nico and Christy and all the guys who run it. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, like I said, we just want to get the bad away first. Because it is a, we still really, really like MTech. Don't yeah. let us yeah. let yeah. you wrong. You know, my only other issue with dealers room was the fact that I couldn't find anything to buy. But that's my issue with dealers rooms in general. It's weird. Not with just MTech in specific at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of factors that play into that. Because it seems like it's the combination of I've been to a lot more conventions now than when I first started out. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of dealers room savvy at this point. Um, then there's, you know eBay and Amazon and, and, and a billion other stores where you can get stuff online. And then there's the the inherent, you know, waiting in, in line for an hour and a half to look at crap that, you know, during this recession, it seems like they're carrying the safe bets, which the safe bets aren't the stuff I buy. No. Yeah, like, my biggest problem is, is that, you know, the stuff I want to buy are for the shows they don't bring merchandise over for. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'm a huge Dragon Quest fan. Hell yeah. You, you never see any Dragon Quest merchandise. Or very, very little. Like, you see the little magnets. You see the magnets. Yes. And, the that, magnets and that's it. it. You know, I'm a big fan of, like, Cross Game and Gun a Guy Works. You, need, you never see any of those stuff there. Um, it's mostly, like, you know, Soul Eater, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Full Metal. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom yeah. Hearts. And, um... And you will see a lot of Nintendo stuff, but I'm what I already, I already know a bunch of Nintendo stuff. I want, yeah. and you'll see like Final Fantasy stuff, but I want Dragon Quest stuff. It never happens. Well, although it's kind of funny about the whole thing you mentioned about Amazon. Yeah, I went to the Media Blasters booth, and I saw they had uh, Morbito for the full box set for forty bucks. I'm like, okay, well I've heard it's good. I'll, 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 I'll I can drop that money, but first, yeah. pull out my Android. Check, I, I log into my Amazon app. Search Morbito. Oh, Amazon's gone to sale for 30 bucks. Yeah, there's some, like, the Voltron sets, and there's, like, one set I have from completing uh, the whole series, you know, like, which includes the last of the shitty, uh, the car uh, Voltron, which just wasn't as good. I have, I have all the lines for it, but not that last one. Um, there's only for, like, 25 bucks, and I know I can get it on, like, Amazon or right stuff for 10 or 15. Yeah. Like, it, which I understand normally most dealers are going to jack the price up a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just the nature of the game. I can get it for literally half the price. Yeah, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Now, that's that, you know, manga usually is a decent deal. Yeah. Because, the, you know, they... Because most manga, like, you buy at Barnes Noble, it's going to be less price. Yeah. Amazon's going to be a little bit less, and they're so they're going to sell it as deals for a little bit less. Because um, they can sell better in bulk, easier at conventions. And so that wasn't too bad. But nowadays, that seems what I tend to buy at dealer's room is... 
I'll just fill out my manga collection there. Because they're also the best places to find um, hard-to-find or out-of-print manga. Yeah. Yeah, I can see well, that. I, I really like, for instance, buying the figures. But even the, even the, even if I like the, the safe bet properties, which I've bought, you know, Full Metal Alchemist stuff, I've bought Bleach stuff, I've, I've bought Naruto stuff, because at one time or another I have liked those properties. Um, you know, Hari Suzumiya, that sort of stuff. But you get to the point where, okay, I've bought as much as I want. Yeah. Now when I go to yes. the con, all I see is the stuff I already have as much as I want. I, I don't need any more of it. I, I have figures of Rei Ayanami as a ninja and as a mage. You're going to have to step it up. Because, you know, her as a shitty-looking mermaid's not going to cut it, man. We need shitty-looking dinosaurs. Damn straight. With Rei Ayanami, fa- Ayanami faces. That would be so <laughs> like, you know, fucking badass. Wow. And yeah. then like, like I want a scene of get a robo ripping the head off. Like, that—that that is what I want to see, people. And I expect that, you know, I feel that because I've said this on a podcast, Japan, make it happen. Yeah, Has it happened yet? Because it needs to have already happened. I, I tell Just you send what, a whole bunch of drugs to the toy companies. Here's what you gotta they do. They will come up with that. You, get, you gotta go uh, to, to uh, helpjapan.onepiecepodcast.com or to uh, redcross.org or wherever you want to donate money for the relief efforts and send a ton of money their way so that they can get on, on making some of this weird-ass shit. Or I can get a dinosaur or a Nami figure and start with a hot glue gun and start ripping off parts and, right. and making it myself with the worst you know model kit ever. You have to start somewhere is the point. Photoshop. Uh you know, make make a drawing of that and send it to uh, the awesome cast guys, and uh, and, they'll make it and, and we'll forward it to Japan. Yep. You, know, you know the country. Yeah, you know, I'll just do Japan at Japan dot <laughs> com. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Japan at Japan dot jp, and uh, make sure they get that so they yeah, can make I, it. I hope no one finds out about USA at USA dot com dot us. No, it's, it's USA because then we're gonna get a whole bunch of spam. Probably, probably from uh, Nigerian princes looking to make our penises bigger. But, you know, I will say, like I mentioned this in my, in my previous um, segment, is that we noticed that we got every single panel we did had a full house. That's like, sweet. every panel we had was packed, and other people were excited to be there. They loved the panel itself. You know, I, I think I did grand, grand good panels, but, you know, they seemed to really enjoy it, and even the people came back. You know, and found me out on the floor and then said, hey, that was a good panel. And I kind of wonder if maybe it was so busy that, you know, you know there was probably they, people needed stuff to do. And just, we, I just had to have good stuff for them to come do. And it was, it was, I wonder if that's sort of one of the other things that there's just so many people. It kind of, you know, helps stuff them in the rooms that exist. Well, I mean, let's be honest. And I, I'm not going to, I don't want to pump up any egos here, but. But Awesome Cast knows how to put on a good panel. I yeah. mean, you. I, it, I mean, I've been I've been into stuff at AWA, and it's they you do quality work, and and there's no substitute for that. Yeah, and and I, I said this to you before we started recording, but I'll go ahead and say it now. You know, I've I've heard people where where you weren't around. I was at a completely different panel. They were talking about your panels. They were talking about the Go and the Guy panel in particular, and it's like. Uh, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go find Basil and tell him. Like, you know, we also noticed that we did, there was, it seemed like a lot of the more older people were showing up to panels and a lot of the younger people were out being doofuses in the, in the courtyard. And, right. you know, and maybe that's, you know, a good 
interesting balance that I, I didn't expect to see. And it kind of makes sense that the older people would want something more in-depth to do while the kids are just looking for an excuse to not be at home for the weekend. I can see that, yeah. Like, Egg remains there still on our lawn. Kids are having like, preteen orgies. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what to extrapolate from that, only that it exists. Only, um, only that there is apparently enough fans at this convention for whatever you want to do, as long as you do a good job at it. Including sex. Yes. And I do a good job at it. He does, well, Not that I know. Ask my wife. Well, she's obligated to say yes. Anyways. Well, um, she, she's saying yes a whole lot of other places. Dude, okay, well, this is not ready for that kind of podcast. Thank you very much. Hi, um, Jen. Say that for Anime Roundup. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Another plug. Yay. Um, no, but it has been a really fun convention. I've really enjoyed myself. Of course, I enjoy every MTAC. Yeah. You know, that's that's never been an issue. Yeah. No, it's, it's so far from start to finish. It's... They, they know what they're doing. I mean, they just do. They've done it for for a long time now, and... Well, at the top, they've got really good people. Yeah. Well, they, they do, and I'm really curious to see what will happen next year. Because it's also very obvious that this is a transition year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you know, there's a lot of first-year con you know, staffers, and so next year they're going to have this under their belts. They're going to be more seasoned. They're going to know what to expect. And they'll have made the mistakes this year that they know they they have made, so they can correct and be better for next year. So I'm really curious to see how MTech now grows from this experience. My my hope is that they do in fact stick around and that they don't see another set of turnover. Although it's it's likely yeah. to happen at least in, in a few cases. Well, with the with the low, with the with the first tier volunteers, that's that's where your most turnover is going to be. That's yeah. just natural. But if they can keep the mid and high level people, the like you said, get the experience under their belt um, for those of, that have just joined the those levels or joined the convention for the first time, I I just every 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 attack I go to, they they do better, they they tighten the ship, they I, I don't know what to say. It's just yeah. I I am curious to see what they do with this whole. I know that this year is a music focus specifically because that's their theme. Yes. But I wonder if any of this music focus will now carry over to future MTACs. Like, I wonder if this whole, all the music stuff in the courtyard continues on for next year. Well, they do a good job of it. It really yeah. separates them from other... And that's something they've been building on. I mean, and it's they national. Been, they've been doing the courtyard thing for a few like, years now. Yeah, since they've been at... I mean, since, pretty much since they've been at this hotel... And I think it works for them. I think it gives them another venue when the weather's nice to, to spread people out, um, to make things breathe a little better. Um, whether the music, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it being Nashville, if this worked for them, they will. I don't, I don't see them dialing back from, say, what the music was in the last few years. They might dial back from this year, yeah, obviously. They like well, that's what, well, yeah, they, they have a crazy amount of bands. What I'm thinking no more is that like they might still have a couple of bands, you know, maybe a band Friday and a couple bands on Saturday, but having a lot of that more in- indie, independent, geek level stuff, right? Yeah, I, I you know, so. out in the courtyard as the continuing having, music thing. Having talked to Sonny, um, their their music director, that's that seems to be really what 
she's going for. She she wants to get the smaller acts, the regional bands. Um, not necessarily people who are directly, you know, not necessarily Japanese bands. Yeah, or, I mean, she's she's really committed to this stuff um, and has been. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see the quality dipping at all. The quantity will, I'm sure, but I, I, I really don't see the quality. I think they'll keep doing the courtyard thing. But... Yeah, if, if if I remember what Sunny said exactly, she said something to the effect of, you know, that the the goal was not, you know, although they liked having, you know, like the Susans and, and Qualp and, you know, those, those types of bands there that, and, you know, thought they were great, what they really want to promote is, like, those, those regional bands and not necessarily Japanese bands because they want to be able to show sort of that diversity of, uh, and, and unity that's in the anime culture, you know, it's like it comes yeah. from Japan, but... There are American fans and Japanese fans and, and what have you, so I think that's that's really what they're looking at. Yeah. But there's I think there's a there's a line that you have to sort of the tightrope you had to cross. Yeah. Because there's a difference where a guy who's rapping about old eight bit Nintendo and Namco games that is, you know, he's he's rapping about Japanese video games. Where at the very least, while they may not be anime, it is at least Japanese media entertainment of some form or fashion that have influenced anime that we know today. And then, but, you know, and that makes sense to have an anime convention. Whereas they could all easily go for, like, some random steampunk band that has absolutely nothing to do with anime or manga or Japanese culture at all. Does it have a place, my question is, does it have a place here at the Metal Tennessee Anime Convention? Or is it yet something else they really should be saving for GMX? That's, that's that's a great question. Yeah, that's an excellent. Really be saving that for GMX, I think. But I, I think it would play if it's. I mean, because there are a lot of smaller acts that kind of get well, inserted in the schedule. Well, yeah, but it's also you know this is also room for it. this also is their big show. You know, if they're wanting to promote these smaller, more independent bands, Intact is a much bigger show to promote them at than GMX is, and so that's that's another side to it. Like, do you you know? And so it's that it's that type road that yeah. you know that they're going to have to figure out how to cr- how to how to walk yeah. to judge what actually is appropriate for this genre of convention and what they really want to make sure that people know exists. And I don't know how they're going to do that. That's probably a question I need to ask the MTech people yeah. right. when I talk to them. But it's just one thing that came to my brain. Alice, talk to you guys. So segment two gets it first. It yeah. it'll be interesting because I think. This is my theory, and this this is not based on any conversation I've had with any, any of the staff. It's just my belief is that GMX right now is is still very much in in a formative state, and and MTech is is the the uh, the feeder system, if you will. You know, it's 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 the cash cow, and and they use MTech to subsidize GMX. So I think once attendance starts getting up and GMX is a little bit more established. I think that's when it'll, it will be easier easier for them to delineate, you know, say certain acts and, and say, well, hey, you know, you don't really fit here at MTAC, but you know, you would be perfect for GMX, and you know, we've got, you know, we're well established, and we've got this many people that, that came last year, and you know, it'd be a great show for you. So, like, and then the other the other side would be the other fact that it's that courtyard. Do they if they focus music in the courtyard, and they want that constant stream of music. That's a lot of music. Yeah. Which means they need a lot of acts to cover that. Yeah. And so, at that point, you no longer get to be quite so picky anymore. True. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. Like, so, but... But then again, if, if, if you don't like that type of music and, and that's not what you're here at the con for, there's other stuff to do, too, so... Yeah. Well, that's true, but I guess it could be, honest, like, be kind of annoying if you you really don't want to listen to, you know, 8-bit rap and you walk into your room to take a, a mid-afternoon nap and you hear 8-bit rap. That is true. That's... Maybe that, that, of course, that might be something that we also need to, you know, mediated by the hotel going, do you want a balcony or not? And people who don't want to hear the music, and they say, because there's going to be a lot of music you play that you're going to be able to hear if you have a balcony yeah. room and not. But I don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. But then again, the hotel staff are wearing Technicolor neon wigs. I've nice. seen that. Which, you know, I guess is their way to try and fit in. <laughs> and I'm sad to say it works. Kudos uh, to them for that. You know, yeah. for them to trying because they're all the nice outfits. So all they really like there's some some random weird butler anime. I gotta yeah I gotta I gotta. The staff here has been really good. They I've been at other um, the the hotel staff. I mean, because I've been at Impact at other hotels where the hotel staff was not friendly. I, I was about to say they were, they were outright hostile about about you know convention goers being here. So I mean, the sad thing that this place isn't bigger because the the, the hotel staff seems really cool about it. But yeah, but going back to the, the whole courtyard thing, yeah. If you, the only the only thing that the only people that ever should really catch by surprise are the people that have never been here, right? Um, in, in when, I, when it's been in this venue, any any from that point on. So the first year, yeah, you uh, freaking eight bit rap. I didn't want to hear that. But after that point, you're like. Okay, I know it's going to be out there, or there's a probability that it will. I'm going to ask for one of the outside rooms. And on that note, let's point out we did have a lot of fun at Impact this year. Yeah, it's, yes. been, it's been really good. You know, props to kudos to you guys because I know some of y'all are going back listen to this, we and you, you know you we did a really a great time. job. You know, Easy our morning. nitpicks and weird discussions aside, it was a good con. Yes, it was. And if you ha- were here, I'm sure you'd agree. And if you weren't here, sorry you weren't here. I know there was soccer con in Boston, but y'all still missed out. Right, yeah. Um, and now this segment has already gone on way too long probably for my you know, producer. to He's going to get pissed at me already. So we're going to stop it now. Thank you guys for stopping by. And Thank you for having us. us. Yeah. And we'll come back with uh, part three. Yay. Peace out. So you're at least in spots for a decent seat probably this panel. How does that feel? Feels great to me. Good. <laughs> Very weighty. <laughs> Very weighty. So can I get some names, please? Uh, Michael. I'm Kayla. Cassie. So how has the con been so far for you? I'm loving it. It's better than Kawhi Con. It's been great, but it's been really hot. I've, I've been enjoying myself. So what's been your favorite events so far this weekend? Oh, God. I've loved everything. So. You got to pick. While you're deciding, what's your favorite? I really love the English panel. It was like awesome, perfect. I, I will, I, I will accept that, even though the fact that it's, I read that panel, so now it feels like oh. semitism. But yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I noticed you did run it, but I still liked it a lot. Well, well, glad you, glad you did, glad you did. So, what was, what was your favorite? Uh, probably the English one and the Shin Megami Tensei one. Oh yeah, good point. Me too. I, I'm kind of conflicted because I like Shin Megami Tensei a lot, but I also was running my Gona Guy panel at the same time. So I, so I feel y'all are jerks for going to that panel instead of mine. But you went to my panel originally, so I can't really complain too much. <laughs> so which voice actors are you looking forward to today? Vic. Oh, I'm not really sure. I, 
I don't know a lot about voice actors, but... Uh, Vic, Yuri, and Tara. So what makes them special in your heart? They're just good at, like, conveying emotion, and, you know, they just bring a lot of life to the characters. So do you ever figure out your favorite event? No, I haven't. Go. <sighs> You're failing me here. I know I am. This is like... For me. This is dead air now, thanks to you. Now my podcast is going to suck. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I hope, uh, what events are you looking forward to today? Oh, gosh. I'm looking forward to the voice actors and then Vic's panel. Um, let me see. There's also another panel. Let me get out the. <laughs> While you're debating on your scheduling, what events are you looking forward to today? The Pokemon party. <laughs> What, what are you expecting out of the Pokemon party? Fun and Pokemon. <laughs> All right. What, what events are you looking forward to? Uh, I haven't checked the schedule. I'm kind of looking forward to the Pokemon party just for, you know, the sheer craziness of, its all, of it all. So, well, Let's get to the schedule person here. What, what events are looking like fancy full for you today? The steampunk costuming. Uh, why is that? Oh, I just think steampunk, I like it. So it's interesting how they convey like modern technology and the steam punk, the steam era well i hope you all continue to have a wonderful convention and enjoy waiting in line <laughs> we will oh yeah it's an arduous process so how have you been enjoying the con so far it's fun like yeah i got stuff and i like my stuff yeah how have you been enjoying the con mr freezy pop it is awesome, dude. And I'm J and I'm J, J Rock style of Naruto cosplay. All right. Enjoying this ice pop. All right. So can I get some names? Alyssa, Camber. You can call me Madara. All right. So what have you enjoyed so far about the con? I like all the cool stuff and the panels and stuff. Yep. She's a talk <laughs> The best thing about any convention, just a just a chance to get away from reality and enjoy the time with all with all the fellow anime fans. So, what events have you enjoyed so far? The Kuroshitsuji panel. We like that one a lot, very much so. Well, what about it? Did you like? The people were really awesome, and it was really funny. <laughs> they answered questions in character, and that was awesome. So, did you gain any new insights uh, to the series thanks to this panel? Yeah. yeah. What What was your biggest new insight that you now arrived from learning about blacks and butlers? Um, I didn't know there was a musical for it before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it pretty terrible? Most anime musicals are. Yeah. <laughs> so, are there many events that really caught your eye as you've been here so far? Uh, the truthfully, the only event I kind of participated yesterday was the um, risque cosplay that happened at one o'clock. And I'll tell you what, when I left that, I was kind of sick to my stomach. Why is that? Uh, there was a fat dude stripping up there, and that's pretty enough to bulge anyone's eyes out of their socket. So, what events are you looking forward to later on today besides this voice actors panel? Um, wait, I have to check. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually part of a panel, Kona Hot Corner Live Cat, the Kona Hot Corner Podcast Live. Um, I got to get some autographs, and I'm looking forward to the Pokemon party at 6.30. The Hitalian Pokemon panels we really want to go to. Hi. Are you sad that it's not a Hitalian Pokemon panel? That would be really <laughs> awesome if there was a conjoined one. 
Would you like to hear Jury talk about like Pikachu or something? Yeah, and of course the famous I Choose You China by America. Well, I hope you all continue to have a wonderful time at the convention. So you're nearing the back of the line. How does it feel? Which line? Uh, this looks like the voice actress line. Did you realize you were in a line? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, this is, totally looks like a line because it's wrapping around all the way around. Nice. So are you in line? Not really in line, but the back of the line is always fun. Yes. That's where you get to hang out. That's where you get to hang out. All right, so let me get some names. Uh, my name's Lee. Marty. Why? So how have you enjoyed the con so far? Uh, it's, it's been entertaining. We've been here about 30 minutes. It's very, very interesting and fun to see everything. All right, so what are you looking forward to today then? Uh, the Kingdom Hearts game show. Yeah, the same thing, Kingdom Hearts game show. Same thing. So uh, what about Kingdom Hearts is so exciting and why you want to go to a panel about it? Uh, we like the storyline. You could say I'm learning because I watch her play it. <laughs> it's my favorite game. Yeah. So um, through the various games of Kingdom Hearts, they sort of vary on the focus on Disney stuff to Square stuff. Which side do you really wish they would focus on more lately? Uh, probably Square stuff. I like the Disney stuff. I just wish they had more on Sora's story. Like. So, so you're, are you getting pissed that every time they announce a new Kingdom Hearts game, it's not three? A little bit. <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> so, out of all the latest uh, crazy revisions on like three on DS and PSP and whatnot, which is one that you enjoyed the most so far? I like Birth by Sleep a lot, um, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is by far the favorite. Who the DS? I, they did um, Blah 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 by Blah 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 Day. It was a weird, like, Organization 13 thing. Then they just did uh, Recoded, which is more or less Kingdom One, Kingdom One, Kingdom Hearts 1, I'm told, but done on the DS. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the question. Uh, which are the latest spinoffs from the original two games that you enjoyed the most so far? Uh, probably Recoded. Well, I hope you all continue on having fun at the convention. So y'all two were almost the first people online. How's it feel to get like you know, you know, stepped up on step one upon? Pretty good. Uh. So you're not angry that they just slightly beat you to the punch? Yeah, but I've never been in an actual line that I'm near to front, so that's pretty good. So uh, what are some names here? Huh? Oh. Names. Laura. I'm Gretchen. So, um, how has the con been for y'all today? Good. Uh, it just started today, but I was here yesterday for Vic's concert and the MTAC Virgins, MTAC Virgins panel. That was, that was last yeah. night. Yeah. So, is this y'all's first MTAC? Yeah. Yes, it is. So, how have you enjoyed it so far? I've enjoyed it. I've been to like... 10 cons now and this is like a really good size one and it's like it feels intimate at the same time i've enjoyed it so far i'm just not looking forward to the infamous crowding because i hear this hotel is getting too small for the event so so what other cons do you typically attend uh well i'm from chicago so i usually go to asen and i've been to one in the one in atlanta before uh a couple of small cons. Uh, I've gone to AX, so. 
I've been to AWA three times because I live in the Atlanta area. I've also been to some Florida cons like EXP, AFO. I've also been to Tokosha Con in Pittsburgh. So, so uh, what's it about conventions that really, you know, presses your buttons? like meeting people who have the same interests really like it's a nice atmosphere and like people are like always friendly willing to help um the guests are a big draw and also if my friends are coming that's also a plus so we can hang out because i rarely ever see her so so well then how did y'all to meet since one of y'all is from atlanta one of y'all from chicago uh do you want to answer we are fans of Vic Mignogna, and we met through his fan club, the Risenbowl Rangers, and we are also we became officers of the group, so we like to see him as well whenever we can and help him out. And meeting uh, the other members of the group, meeting them, and it's just like a really fun thing to do. Like, I never get tired of it. So are there any events you're looking forward to coming out later on this, t this evening or tonight or later on today? Um... I don't have a schedule. She has a schedule. The late night con stories panel. Those are always fun. Well, I hope you all continue on to having a wonderful adventures and conventions and enjoy the rest of the con. Thank you. And we're back with part three of our MTech 2011 goes to 11 extravaganza. Uh, this is where I actually talk to people who actually help me run this joint. So with me we have... Uh, I'm Lucas. I'm con chair of MTAC. I'm Nicholas. I'm the senior director of public relations. And of course, you all know me. I'm Christy, the director of media relations. And so, yeah, this is the 11th year. Um, we've covered it for the past three or four years now. So people who listen to this thing should know MTAC. So I won't deal with the history and stuff because I think we've done that the past two years. So what were the, some of the issues um, that you knew that you were going to have going into it? this year, how'd you solve them, and how do they work out in the end? Lots of music. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about concerts, they, they're sort of organic. Um, you know, bands that, that have a feel for it will uh, play a little long, or maybe play a little short, or, you know, they change up the set, or they move somewhere that they weren't <laughs> gonna be. And so we knew going in that it would be very complicated to have so many different bands. And we took as many measures as we could and just rode with it for the rest. We knew there was going to be issues, um, just the dates and the venue. Um, we had a lot of complaints when we did switch this year on Easter weekend uh, from some of our attendees saying they couldn't make it. But considering we have had uh, an over 1,000 member increase to our convention, last year we were around 4,000. Uh, the flood, the natural flood that we had in the first May weekend, Hurt that a bit, but we raised over to now at 5,000 at least. So uh, that has helped, but it's also definitely shown some uh, continued growing pains in the venue. I know that you keep the dealer's room is always a, a chimerical object for, for <laughs> MTAC, where it has morphed and changed over the years. Um, how is this? How does stuff actually work out for y'all? You feel this year? This year, it's uh, we added two other rooms, uh, slightly smaller rooms, uh, a couple of halls away from the main dealer room. Th this year, we can actually that way get more dealers, get some more of our usual stock as well. The new people who have been waiting on our list for a while, we tried them out a bit, and that's worked pretty well. Uh, we're still trying to get the word that we have more than just one technical dealer's room, 
and because most people still just go to the same place it is. And that's a continual thing we do have to know we have to work on. But overall, from uh, attendees I've talked to and the dealers in those rooms I've talked to, uh, they've uh, rather enjoyed it. So uh, that's good to know. Um, what effect do you think of having such a music-focused convention is going to spill over into next year and future impacts to come? When we poll um, follow-up questions to our pre-registrants, um, we're going to try to find out what led people to register more. Uh, you know, obviously there's some loss and gain with the holiday weekend, and I'd like to be clear on you know was it the music, uh, was it Easter, was it you know all these other factors? But if the answer is you know was it the music, then that's going to indicate to us that we really need to try to keep a pretty big musical infusion. We've already had several consecutive years where we've committed to music because of our hometown, but uh, the increase of music now may have made even more of an impact and it might be something to keep more present um, so that we kind of are that anime con that happens to have the most musical tint. Now something that was different, I know it was in years previous, but what was really pro this year was all the music in the courtyard. And because it, it was almost nonstop once it started until the night when it ended. Um, how did that work out for you? It's been interesting. Um, this media suite that we're currently in recording is right outside the courtyard. So it's been a bit inconvenient at times, but most people I've talked to really enjoyed it. Um, if you need quiet, you know, to request a room that's not facing the courtyard in the first place. So, but everyone who's been out there, who've been listening out on their balconies, they always have something to do during the day, even when there's just downtime. There may not be a panel they want to go to. They already hit the dealer room. Things just go and chill in our courtyard. And luckily, as opposed to last year, it hasn't really been raining. So they've been actually able to go out there. And in addition to that, I think it gives some of the people who don't quite yet have VIP status, but are the local groups and the local bands, the freestylers out there, if you got any recordings of them, I was in love. Because it's something a little bit different, um, but I think that gives them a chance to showcase themselves at our event and then maybe work their way up to main stage status later. Now, with as many musical acts as there were, um, and this is a technically an anime con. How do you crawl, how do you walk the tightrope of say having you know I know there was one guy out there who was rapping about old Nintendo games and arcade games, which definitely has at least a Japanese bent to it. You know, it's not quite anime, but you can't. But video games are very influential on anime culture and get in your know, talk culture today. So I, that makes sense. But say, what if say a steampunk band wanted to perform instead? How do how do you figure out that tightrope to walk? Well, it's a little bit extra for us because we have the two conventions to uh, put people in. So, you know, steampunk, we might would move over to put it in GMX because it's more universal geek. But fundamentally, with MTAC, um, if you're in the ballpark and it's part of the geek culture, there's a good chance you can get involved. So the bands may not be singing about anything relevant but they're entirely comprised of anime fans that are local, that are good enough to be featured, and we put them in like the courtyard setting. Uh, sometimes they're, they're definitely on theme, and, and we're kind of a springboard for them to be able to get into more of the industry itself. Um, but I think that's really the, the fundamental staple. Like if you're, if you're part of the geek vibe, the geek culture, then you're likely to get a spot. 
Um, but you know, like if we had a uniformed band of Trek oriented guys, right? Uh, not that I'm endorsing filking. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that that kind of thing. We might say, well, you know, GMX is probably better for you um, because it would be a much more relevant audience. But I think that's really the thing. It's, it's about the culture. It's about what people are into, just as much as what makes them into it. Well, I can see it also being an issue where I know MTech is right now the big show, whereas GMX is still finding its legs and mm-hmm. it's still through its gro- its initial growing pains. Mm-hmm. And so, for a lot of these bands and indie groups. It's a much bigger crowd to play at MTech than it would be at GMX. So I can see why, you know, there might be some bands that are not quite as on target, but you still really want to promote them. Where MTech would be a much better venue, just right now, as GMX still starts, still doing its growing thing. Right. Yeah. And, and I think Steampunk is a good example of the way you kind of go either way, like whatever works for everybody. Um, and then that Star Trek thing, which just wouldn't really fit too well. Right. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of room for that. And there's already a lot of crossover outside of music. I mean, you've got. Uh, some costuming people that kind of play in both ballparks. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, people that, that do stuff here that may be a little more background and ends up featured bigger at GMX or vice versa. Um, something else I noticed only because I'm a presenter as well as media for the con, and I didn't realize it until I got here, there was a new rule for presenting where you had to pre- you know, have three hours worth of material in order to obtain a presenter badge, which before I think... Last year, if you had one panel, you still got a presenter badge. What was the uh, reasoning behind the uh, switchover from one to the, to the new policy? Well, really the changeover is last year was basically the same policy. The adjustments made is it has to be three hours across more than one panel. So if you have one panel that's three hours, you still need another one. And uh, the other changeover is the fact that it's only the presenter badges only go to the applicant, the person who submits the panel. Yeah, you could if if you put all your friends on the application, they don't get the passes. You do. The main reason for that is because we we do have a lot of uh, group presentations and a lot of people who try to be group presentations and really just getting their friends in and trying to get them a free badge. And we had a problem with that the last both at previous GMX and Intact, and it, we were just trying to really cut down on that. Try to get if people who are really presenting to get the presenter badge. And if you want to present, you submit your panels, or you could just buy a badge and go to the event. Yeah, for us, it also keeps people, you know, where they deserve to be. If you're a presenter, you deserve to have that be a little something special. And if every everybody can finagle that and, and get a badge, then it's not as special to be a presenter. Um, and a lot of times we go and we do panels at conventions, and depending on what kind of convention and how big it is, it's a different kind of badge. We might get press, or we might get sponsor, or we might get dealer, or we might get guest. But all those groups need to be somewhat exclusive, and it's, it's cheapening that person's credibility. And in a lot of cases, we like to manufacture a, a track record for somebody that really can do big things by letting them get into the, the course of things and maybe perhaps become a guest and then move on to other cons and guest there. And, and so it's really nice to be able to see what, what's really going on. Are you... Are you and your 30 friends all really presenting? Um, or is it like two of you and you've got a whole bunch of people there with microphones just to go, oh, uh, yeah, what he said? You know, and, and that's, we want to keep the quality up and we keep the uh, designation quality as well. Um, another really big change compared to previous years is security. Like in, in the text previous, it, was, it felt like an omnipresent force of nature <laughs> that was there. <laughs> and this year, it, it, it suddenly felt. Yeah. 
opposite where it felt non-existent. Yeah, I, I, I missed the uh, I missed the ever-present security telling me get the hell against the wall. I I missed them this year. <laughs> you know, actually, I was walking through the hallway earlier, and our director of security got a standing ovation from the line that was waiting to get into the main room for absolutely no reason. And to me, I think that reflects very well upon us because we have had complaints in the past about the harshness of security. Um, I think we're heading in a good direction. For that, um, but yeah. there's always going to be little bumps in the road. Well, it's it's a new. Uh, well, it's not entirely new. We we had a basically an interim director to bridge from our old key team to our new key team, um, and basically it's people from the past who were um, like third or fourth tier down that have been around for the year of interim time, being given these management positions, but. By pulling them up, you empty out those ranks and you have to refill from the bottom. And we've had a history where the, the previous uh, leadership really wasn't interested in volunteer participation as much as we'd like, but more keeping that tighter group of people. So it resulted in, in a little bit too much power maybe, but also a lack of volunteers. So we had to like rebuild volunteer interest because when people come to volunteer intact, it's like already urban legend. Well, you, you can't get on public safety, forget about it. Now that's changing, and we're accepting people in. And uh, not every job has to be, you know, qualified with a certificate and and the ability to, to deal with real security guard quote unquote issues. Sometimes you really just watch them door, and uh, a volunteer can do that if uh, given a little bit more training than the average Joe. So um, I've heard. I don't know how true it is that there's a lot of first year staffers this year. Um, <laughs> How, I know this is you know a very long-term con. How did you work with a brand new influx of a gigantic crowd of noobs, as well, it were? Every now and then, there's always uh, such an influx. People leave for various reasons. Either they're just tired, they don't have the time, or also in a few of these first-year cases, some of them are just first-year in that position, and they just switched areas. And it, it's always a learning experience uh, dealing with that. Some people, they've never worked in that area and they're just interested in it and they want to continue. We basically try to foster their interest, make sure that the upper management, the people who are over them that have been there, try to teach them and basically make them learn and help them grow into their positions so that they could start to flush out and expand on what they do. We basically just try to help everyone out in their jobs. All right, well, that was a bunch of, you know, more sober questions. So <laughs> what I wanted to know is what are some of the like really big high moments that really made the con worth it for you this year? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, the ones I can actually talk about. Uh, I'll be honest. There, yeah, this is public. Remember yeah. that. <laughs> I'll be honest. There were a lot, of, uh, a lot of places where I saw some of those newer people or these newer ideas really play out and that's been kind of a big one for me when I'm able to see um, you know we waited forever for all these different tech vendors to get everything put together in the puzzle that is our main stage but then once it's up and running it's completely gorgeous and the, and having um, you know real justification from other people uh, it, usually this name is lost on the age group that's into anime cons but Mark Slaughter um, is a Nashville based now musician big in the 80s with the band Slaughter, and he was involved in the documentary on the Nashville Flood that we screened on Friday. 
And having him stand in the main room and look at the, the stage and say, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but you guys really do the real thing here, and I'd love to work with you guys anytime. That means a lot. Um, so those those are the kind of highlights because for me, it's been a couple of years of having to let go and let more and more people do more things, which is why more and more people are new. Seeing success in those new things is both relief and uh, a thrill at the same time. I would also have to agree with that. I've had several new people in my department, uh, either people that are just new in the department in the convention at all, or they just transition over, and they have really just outdone themselves in every aspect that I can think of to the fact that I'm wondering if I'm doing something wrong because I'm not doing something at the time. (laughs) It's weird when I have free time to actually finish panels and do all my presentations. (laughs) But I've been really impressed to see uh, my advertising director, my uh, new customer service people just do a great job, get all of our ads, just bust ass and run around, do all the work. And it gives me time to do some of the work I need to do that I've been neglecting as well. And I also just love from hearing a lot of people that we've had a really successful year. I've talked to several people who I even know were critical of past years who have come up to me and have been really impressed and pleased with all the panels they've went in. We've had full rooms on almost all of them. Uh, Everything has been mostly on time. It's been a really tight ship this year, and that has impressed me the most. I also think there's been a lot of high volume, at least I've noticed. I've been encountering of people that's walking up and saying, Thanks for doing this. We've had a great time this year. There's definitely this year a more high volume of people stopping me to say, this is a good show, we enjoyed ourselves, what have you. Um, And I'm hoping that that's universal, that it's not just because I'm high profile, that that other people are getting that because I want all those people to be able to, to catch the other 74 people that we have and say the same thing to them. Um. To add to that, one of the one of the good things that makes me feel good is to see this man, Lucas, um, actually smiling at a convention <laughs> as well as a few of our other senior staff members. For me, MTAC is a working vacation. Um, I spend a lot of time working on my career, and I'm always on the go. So when I come here, it's kind of really nice to be able to go. I can hang out with my friends and still, you know, do what I love and be around the people that I never get to see. And this year, um, with the new ideas working out so well, I feel like we've all had a, t- a better time to enjoy ourselves as a family, um, if that makes any sense. Plus, you know, we party like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, oddly enough, the first year. <laughs> But I, I did notice that the crowd did seem really, really hot this year, as every single panel I ran was, in fact, full to yes. like the brim. I, I've had people come to me, you know, checking on the, on the floor, thanking me for the panels that I ran, so I could definitely say that's not an isolated incident. And the panel presenters I've talked to pretty much have all had said the same, same thing. thing. Every presenter I've talked to, most of the panelists, my own panels, I've had people come up. Uh, it's been, Everybody has been doing pretty well. We've had hiccups. Occasionally people haven't been able to make it or they got sick or something and we had to cancel the panels. And, and that always happens in conventions. I've seen one or two technical glitches, but yeah, we get sorted out. That, that always helps. Of course, we have a really on top of it programming logistics section now, and they pretty much will run to your room and set it up for you right now if there's any problem. Our programming department has been on top of their game all weekend long, and that has been one of the most impressive aspects of this year. I did notice, I don't know what it means, but I did notice looking at the panels and looking outside panels and stuff, it really seemed like 
the older fans sort of attended more of the panels this year, whereas a lot of younger fans were hanging out in like the courtyard and in the various lobbies. I don't know if that, that sort of balance is sort of was, you know, serendipity or something that comes next year, but it's, I don't know what it means, but I noticed that it was there. I've noticed uh, younger fans in my panels and in other panels, uh, but those are probably the fans that are also more likely to actually hang out in the courtyard and whatnot. But we have a good variety of ages, you know, races, genders, creeds, everything here, just basically all intermingling. And that's one of the best things about conventions is you can just get so many different people hanging out and getting to know each other and having fun because of this, you know, animated medium. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, I've, I've noticed so many different people just being on stage or in front of a group and all the panels. And it's been really awesome to see that every event I've been at this year. It's also, a, um, I think it definitely is an a age gap thing. Um, we talk a lot, of course, about the development of conventions and the socializ- socialization of, of the groups of geeks that you see together. And it's come more and more to light that conventions are about the social experience and the conventions that adapt or are already there are seeing this liveliness and some of the more old school stuff just kind of stays where it is because it is the here's a panel here's a panel here's a panel and here's a bunch of beer and we go to sleep and here's another panel and here's another panel and that's the old model sometimes that's fine yeah sometimes it's great and 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 that's why for like you know quote quote unquote us old guys it tends to be panel 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 beer (laughs) you know and and it's just a it's an age group thing it's from you know being born and raised on star trek conventions where you know where my age group tends to be versus um you know coming into this stuff we've been doing this for 11 years you could be 21 at mtac and have first come to us when you're 10 years old and you've you've like been raised in this more social more colorful open bouncy environment so it depends on really those i think those factors get people in there but what we do know is it's it's a social experience and almost everything we do now bases around you know will people do this and with their friends and will they will it be you know more conversational i've noticed um a lot of people i've heard people talk where nowadays um they they seem to say that a lot of kids Back in the day, their first concert actual concerts, whereas nowadays their, their first concerts are the concerts held at anime cons. <laughs> and I know this is you know the Music City, MTech is a more more music focused conventions than some, especially this year. Um, how does that feel as a you know, as a pro- entertainment provider for this convention? You know who's you know handling this where the, the new big thing to listen to bands is now your convention than actual concerts. It's an interesting proposition. Um, it's harder to fathom being as privileged as we are here to have like a gazillion places to go see music. But in a lot of cases, you're not going to catch a lot of these acts. Though we see, you know, P. Lander Z and folks tour through town a couple times a year. Um, and one has to wonder, is that because there's a focal point with the presence of an event like this that they know, oh, well, those fans travel there for that convention. They'd probably travel there for the show. Um, so I don't know, uh, I can't apply it to my experience and I really, that's kind of a new notion. I haven't actually dug into that. I'm not sure, um, you know, uh, Nico's got what, six years gap here. <laughs> so Nico's got a little bit less age. Uh, you, you know gap. what my first concert was? The, uh, Ninja Turtles live show. 
Back when it, it was uh, back when it was at Starwood in Antioch. Wow. I, I, I'm not really a musical person, so I don't really go to musical venues that much. Um, it's not my fandom per se, but I, I think it, this does make a lot of sense. We have a lot of youth, as we talked about in the previous question, at our show, and it's no added cost to go to our concerts as opposed to any of our other events. Everything else, it's it's all just the badge cost. So it, it makes a lot of sense as much as we try to foster a, a family event, particularly uh, during the daytime as well, um, that these are their first concerts and then they get to realize that these musical acts do stuff other than conventions and there are other musical acts too and then they can break out and do that. It is a, it, it's a logical starting point and it's a really neat one to see emerging. And I think it also works in the opposite way because we feature, you know, some of these local bands who obviously are going to promote themselves as much as they're going to promote us. Hey, you know, they're playing at the end last weekend. Next weekend, we're going to be at this awesome show, MTAC. You don't know it, go to the website. And um, I think just from that, we get a lot of cross-promotion. I think people who wouldn't generally be pulled into this scene otherwise um, kind of come for the music and then they go, wow. Wacky costumes. This is an amazing right. show. I want to do this every year. It also educated me a lot to see the music infusion because we had the Proto Men uh, several years ago, and I had never heard of them. And uh, I thought they put on a great show. And, and then I, saw, I noticed, I'm like, wait a minute, they're everywhere. You know, I see stickers and shirts and stuff. And like over the years, I'd see more. I'm like, wait, they're really growing. Then you look at their their website, and they're starting to really branch out in the in the area and, and region. And then, you know, we have them back, and, and it's kind of a, it's a shoe-in for a good show that people will attend because they've got their own thing going that I wasn't exposed to and might not have been without the convention. And then even, you know, knowing a couple of friends that came to the show, and they've gone to every show together, the number one fans and all this stuff, and one of them's moving. And so this is like their last show to go to together. And they caught it here. Not a club, but like at our show. You know, that's really cool. So uh, finally... Um, looking forward to next year, what are some of the, what is one, one of the few things you want to build on or change up for MTAC 12? Hmm. You got any ideas you want to put first? Because I know well, the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> as far my department is public relations, so all of my stuff is pretty much mostly before con. The main things I would personally work on would be, you know, just trying to improve our customer service to make sure our attendees can get the uh, most reliable information they can at the convention and try to make sure that our media suite here and our new photo suite, which we also have, which is a feature we have a room now in the main concourse area where our convention goers can go get their photos taken by a professional photographer who's really fantastic and they get their prints they could buy they could buy prints and their photos go on our website so if they want our web copy they could just link to our gallery basically I, I just want to promote uh, getting people interested in the convention getting people more involved in the convention and us trying to help them and ha make this the best show it could be because I think we've done that this year and we can make, always do it better the next year my personal goals for 2012 um obviously are going to revolve around having more time to spend on the convention. I feel like I kind of put MTAC on the way back burner for, you know, outside, real, everyday life. Um, 
I would like to see this media suite be used um, in a different way next year. Um, we're going to make it a little harder to uh, gain press badges. There's going to be an application process next year. Um, you guys probably won't have anything to worry about, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are our regulars now, so you're part of the media family. But I just want to um, branch out, maybe start trying to work with more local news stations. Um, that's something that I need to do some personal research on because this is not my field of expertise in the outside world. It's what I do here. Um, and then just doing what I do and having fun and doing what I can do to help the convention grow. Well, the, the aforementioned elephant, of course, is the venue. Um, the VIPs in the venue are my uh, focused area of work. And then as the chairman, I'm, I'm really the uh, face, but also in, in more, than, more, than the, uh, more than likely than not is the lightning rod for, for the organization. And you know, over the years, it's been uh, so busy, and and you don't get a handle on, oh, I you know I did this this way, and that you know the first person that sees that they tell three friends, it becomes some story. So I've been like battling this little PR image beast out there, and I've had a lot of great help from people, and I'm also sharing a lot more of the spotlight with people. So personal wise, that's you know improve uh, my relationship with the fan community. Um, so that they don't think, oh, he, he won't listen, he's too busy. You know, I've had a lot of great interactions with fans recently. I took six months sometimes to reply to some emails, but I've gotten to really get in there and talk with people. And it's not something that I'm uh, above doing at all, so I'm looking forward to being able to do more of that. And then the venue, we obviously want more space. Um, we, we have to give a lot of credit to this particular venue. The Sheraton works well with us. Uh, they've, they've housed this event for four years. Every time the event steps up to a new level of crazy, they take it in stride and work with it. It's difficult. Um, the, the real world, quote unquote, is not prepared for an anime convention. So like this time around, you got a newer, bigger crew of hired security by the hotel. They don't know what they're getting into. First night was a little crazy because they expect trouble. Anime fans are not trouble typically. Uh, by the second night, they were digging in and, and loving it because um, they realized, oh, these are, these are good people. There might be like six people out of the five grand that aren't, you know, doing the right thing. And we can be here and support this group and, and help with that. But we do want a little more room. We just have to find additional space that's nearby that will work with us on the same level. Or, you know, maybe we'll entertain other space that's bigger. And then, of course, we're all sitting around hoping to find new downtown space like the Music City Center or spaces that free up because of that. Um, so there's a lot of uh, adventure to be had in that area that, that's going to be a big area of work for me. VIP-wise, I think we're fine. We actually keep having to do less work because Nashville um, has a name for itself, and we keep getting things come to us because of Nashville, and we've really attached to our town. So we get a lot of that, oh, we want to come to Nashville because it would be interesting, or we've got family there, believe it or not. And you know those little twists and ties, I mean, we're going to whip out a guest list for GMX that's almost all based on networking. Not really cold calling agents, but saying, you know who? Okay, cool. Ask them if they want to come to the show. And that's really neat. It's nice to be able to build those networks. And this year was particularly easy, I think, with music to get people to want to do it. Well, thank you very much. The con has been a blast. Oh, yeah, yeah, it has been a lot of fun. And thank you very much for talking to us. And that's MTAC. It went to 11 and probably a little bit further. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.
Awesome date. May, May 2nd, 2011. What's the topic? God damn it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs>